Welcome to the Debrief Podcast. With me, Stevie. And me, Tessa Coates. This is how we'll be talking for the rest of our lives. Just really soft and gentle, easing you into the week. You're very good at that. You sound like I an actual I, person. Like I sound like, an, like I'm doing a voice. Do I sound like I'm doing ASMNR? That thing oh, on... Oh, ASMRS. Oh, that yes. thing on the YouTube where they say... Everyone's like... I'm just touching... No... <laughs> That is part, that is that part is, of that it. That is one of them, but I am in a special other group okay. where I just say I'm touching your face, I'm putting on your... It's absolutely horrible, isn't anyway. it? Because sometimes you think, what if I've accidentally flipped into that yes. on the bus or whatever? The point being is that what we're talking about and what Tessa was doing with the, oh, I'm brushing my hair now. Your hair, I've got to brush you. It's all about your brushing hair, your sorry. hair. Is that, uh, and the reason I was going, is because there's this uh, craze oh, yes. on YouTube um, and also um, SoundCloud and things like that of people really being interested in listening to like noises, the noises of someone brushing their hair, the noises of someone very close. I guess clearing their throat, making the spit go around their mouth, trying to give yourself goosebumps yes. by listening to something really weird. It's, I don't understand it I as think a concept. It, I think it's called SSMR. No, it's definitely AS. ASSMR. A the USSR. It's in the USSR. Yeah. It's very specific. It was the only good thing to come out of the Soviet um, Union. Yeah, I, I did a feature on it for the debris. <laughs> so look it up. But we, I can't remember what it's called. We're but it currently both without internet. So we can't We're in an internet hole. We're having an absolute nightmare. Yes. Um, so join us. Jo- get in the cave with us. Yeah. Uh, get in the cave with us. Because today we will be talking about feminism well yes we're also talking about how to mainly how to talk about feminism how to talk about feminism because we've just had uh, international women's day and when a big event like that happens there is so much on twitter of uh what we'll call ignorant folk <laughs> yes. ignorant men this is mostly men uh mostly men um just shouting things into the ether and yeah. uh, and sort of uh, arguing quite aggressively. A lot of it is like, well, not as International Men's Day. Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. Yes, great. And also, it, it's International Men's Day is the nineteenth of November. But if you look at like Google Analytics, the amount that International Men's Day is talked about on International Women's Day in comparison to <laughs> how much it's talked about on International Men's Day is like one tenth. Because men would rather jump into something else and, and be combative. Yeah. I actually think that there should be more, way more around International Men's Day. Yes. Because absolutely. there's so much to talk about, you know, the suicide rates and the often the inability to talk. Um, to people about their problems and there's this whole thing about like you know even just going to a doctor men are much more likely to let a medical problem go past the point of no return yes. than a woman is because a woman's like I'm in pain I'm going to go go to a doctor and a man's like I'm in pain I guess this is what being a man is I'll suck it up yeah. and then and obviously this is just a yeah. massive generalisation or something excuse me that was me shouting <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another pie or something? Drink through it. To work crush over it. my pain, yeah. For example, like on Mother's Day, nobody says like, where's bloody Father's Day? Everyone's like, it's Father's it's Day. It's Father's June, Day. Like yes. everyone knows, no one gets upset. Yeah. Whereas because International Men's Day is not a celebrated big yes. day. I think women should celebrate International Men's Day. That's, I think, a day. huge part of it. Like there wouldn't be people saying like, what, what is it? Do you hate, you know, all, all those questions yeah. and that upset if they... Had it. Their own day was supported and celebrated. I think on International there. Men's Day, you know how like on International Women's Day, this is so off topic. This is over, like in, International Women's Day, everything's on topic. Everything is so on topic. Thank you so much for that You're reassurance. So I need a lot of it. I've got cystitis, and she's terribly hungover. There's that as well. Um, <laughs> the two 
are related. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the uh, the eye of a perfect storm. A real a real storm. I just want to get into a bath immediately. On International Women's Day, there's a lot of I found actually almost pressure to post pictures of all the women in my life and be like here's some wonderful women in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I've got too many, I've got too many friends, but I, I do have a lot of people that I would like to, and I was yeah. like, well, if I don't include them, then I, I've got to include these people. I'm going to stop this and just be like, I celebrate all women. Where on International Men's Day, I think women should post pictures of the great men that they're friends with who yes. are like wonderful and like of their lives. But we don't have that pressure to do that because you don't feel like, well, everyone else is doing it because no one's doing it. Yeah. So then we're not celebrating men. And then we wonder why men get quite defensive a lot of men get quite defensive when we talk to them about feminism because they're like, oh God, because it's something yeah. inbuilt of them. They're not particularly being appreciated sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're often being demonised. And even the really lovely men that I talk to about feminism, at some point um, in our long relationships, there's been a point where they felt I'm picking on them. Or like, I'll say something like, um, well, you know, you wouldn't really understand because you're a man. Mm. And there are so many things that they don't understand because they're men. They will never know the, the, the true feeling and what it feels like here when you're alone walking down the street because they just don't have that no. in, 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 in the dark. I should be very specific about <laughs> that. I can walk down the street by myself, that's fine. But I mean, like, yeah, just, they don't. They, they may know about it and they may understand it and they may go, that's awful, but they don't feel it because they've never felt that feeling. Um, and, so, and so I think it's a perfectly valid thing to say to a man, like, well, you don't understand because you're a man, but it's not a nice thing to say because then they feel like, well, hang on, so now you're saying that I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem about talking about fe- feminism. You have to be so careful that you don't isolate people and make people feel, you know, that they're immediately in the wrong just by being born a man or being yeah. or not understanding. And then the other side of that being, well, the emotional labour of doing that, why do I need to, like, pussyfoot around? Like, And a lot of people hate doing it's that. It's a very, very tricky... But I think it's a human thing, not a gender thing, and it should always... These things should always come down to a human thing. If you're talking to somebody that doesn't understand about anything, do you, A, just, like, barrel through and make them feel bad, or do you sit with them and try and explain and make yeah. them feel um, like they're included and try and get them to understand? So it doesn't actually... So it's not about, like being horrible to men or being nice to men. It's literally just about like being a human, a nice, caring human and being like, well, you don't understand. So mm-hmm. let's do it in a way that you will. Yeah. And hopefully this podcast will help you. For God's sake. And me. God. Uh, yes, that, this is what this podcast will do. I need to stop crying about Claire Foy. You're not getting paid as much as Matt Smith in the crowd. Oh, God. Look, we're getting to that. God, First of all. so defensive. <laughs> right, sorry. She's full of cystitis, everyone. Um, I'm... Riddled with it, absolutely riddled with the stuff. <laughs> What's the adult thing you've done? For this goodness' week? sake, uh, mine's so good. <laughs> okay, I you, mean, you, you came in with such confidence. The adult things, and I was like, I suppose mine is a pile of shit. <laughs> you're always like, mm. mine's excellent. I'm nailing it. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be doing the podcast if you're already an adult. Yeah, that was mean. Yeah, well, last, I mean, last week I cried because I wouldn't let me into circus school. So, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm nailing it. <laughs> I think you are. Right, go on. I was late and I cried at reception. <laughs> so bleak. Do you think when you become a real adult, you stop crying at things that afterwards you're like, oh, I'm really embarrassed about crying about that. Like when I, I don't know when the crying will end. Right. Uh, mine is that I made my own lunch. That's great. Thank you so much. What was it? You won't believe. You won't believe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a whale. <laughs> <laughs> pan fried bit of halloumi whale can you believe, can you believe that Stevie a whale, whale would have proved that 
pop a whale on it. You pop a whale on that. Um, it wasn't very close. It was a uh, red Thai curry. Ah! <laughs> my mouth open enough. I know. I could, as was mine, when I was both eating it and I was on the bus being like, guys! Did you eat it at like 10am? percent <laughs> I left, I ate it on the bus leaving my house. <laughs> I rushed out, I was really late, I rushed out the door on the bus. Half past nine, at my lunch. Yeah. Well, no one tells you about that stage. Yeah. And when you've, when once you've, you've once you're carrying the, the lunch with you, yeah, you're so like, you're just, it's like food, 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 food. I have it now, I guess. Like, no, yeah. It's absolutely delicious. It's really great. I, b- I blew my own mind. I made it last night. Did you have it for dinner and then you had leftovers? No, I actually didn't even have it for dinner. Because I wasn't... Partic- what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't particularly hungry. This is a new I'm, thing for I'm me. I'm like not super hungry at the moment. And I had like a bit of cracker and that was fine. Um, no, I actually... Uh, uh, too many eggs <laughs> and then I ate the topping of my housemate's carrot cake <laughs> and so I bet too much a bit too much of that and then too much eggs and topping had too much egg and topping and then dinner wasn't for me and then but <laughs> mine is a hack that someone told me about and I just started doing it and then I casually mentioned it to someone and they were like oh my god you've blown my mind wow. and then I got whatsapp being like I've just done the thing that you told me and it's amazing oh my god I can't wait so Frozen bird's eye potato waffles. I know it doesn't sound like it's promising. <laughs> bird's eye potato waffles. I were not a thing in my life. No. When I was little, school dinners, we'd Absolutely. have like mini waffles. My favourite food day on a Friday. Yes. Um, sometimes smileys, potato smileys. That oh, was fun. Oh, good stuff. Um, but since then, like my parents didn't really buy them. No. I think if they'd have known that that's what I was eating at school dinner, they may have not allowed me to eat school dinner because they're very much like healthy food. It was just like last year, I was hungover. Someone was like, oh, you should have eggs on potato waffles. And I was like, yes, I want a potato waffle. Like, that's all I want. And so now they're like a staple. Mm. Um, but the only thing is you've got to grill them and that's a bit annoying. You put them in the toaster, they are done to perfection within five minutes. Holy shit. It has changed my snack game. It's changed everything. So this morning I was so hungover that I couldn't breathe or talk. But I was able to make myself four potato waffles in the toaster in the toaster mind blowing um, so I would like I would urge everyone to try it at least you. once it's amazing right so anyway that's my adult thing it's easy an adult thing yes it is yes it, it sounds it's, incredible it's, it's time saving it's all about time saving and it's it's self care it's self care <laughs> um, right okay let's crack on with feminism absolutely <laughs> with feminism crack on with some bloody feminism and how to talk about it Yes, because I the reason I wanted to do one that was how to talk about feminism is that, <clears throat> and I'm sort of uh, doing some blanket assumptions that the average listener is either like, yes, of course, or is like, yes, shr- yes, shrug. About feminism? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, uh, please get in touch if you're ardently. If you're not a feminist. If you're yeah. ardently against it. I genuinely would like to talk. Uh, um, so one of the, somebody had tweeted in as a question, um, if more women are included uh, in the boardroom um, purely because of their gender, are they then therefore there because of numbers rather than merit? Yes. And do you therefore have well, that a... That wasn't a yes. That was like, yes, I they are. I understand. <laughs> and are they therefore... Do you therefore have a less efficient boardroom? It's very interesting. It's to which very, I very interesting was point. immediately a sort of... It wasn't obviously wasn't asked to me. I was reading it sure, through the went... phone. I was in no way involved in <laughs> In this, but you went white hot. But as we know, I live in the very present. <laughs> and I really, I lived it. I lived it as though that yes. question was asked to me on the stage. And I felt like a white hot panic. And I felt immediately like, 
get rid of the women, for God's sake. Like, that was... <laughs> get them out of the boardroom. <laughs> women out of the workplace, get please. Get them out. They, they can't be there. I think often if you've probably, I would say, and this is not specifically feminism, but maybe anything that you care passionately about that you've come down on the opposing side as somebody that either is a stranger in the pub or that you happen to have a good conversation with or is someone or close worse, to you. Or worse, someone's quite close to you and you're yeah. like, oh no. Or is your partner or a relative or something. Someone's asked a very erudite, eloquent question and you've been totally floored by it. I started crying. I started crying. They'd be like, no, I guess I'll change to your side. <laughs> I suppose I'm not a feminist now. I guess and then I... dissolve into a mist. Yeah. So we want to sort of talk about some of the main questions that come up. Yes. And, therefore, and talk around them so you're, we feel more prepared. Yes. For next time. And also just like in general, how to talk about it. Someone said something uh, to me very similarly, in fact, exactly the same vibe about diversity in comedy, being like people now just being put in these positions, fast-tracked up because they're black, because they're Asian, not because they are the funniest or the best person for the Mm -hmm. job. Similarly, it was like... Have you ever seen the film Airplane when he's trying to land the plane and it keeps going back to him and he's like got sweat and then it comes back to him and he's got so much water on him just like spraying water up his head. It was like that. What's good about those sorts of questions is that if they come up, like for example, you just having a look on, on Twitter and you've like engaged in a question rather than just being like, ah, now you're able to like sit with it and formulate what you think about it. Yes. So that when it comes up in the future, you just need to always have always know what your opinion is on these things I think is the most important thing really like to have an opinion even if that opinion is I don't know like yeah. if you like really think about it and you're like I actually don't know how to answer that like I don't know what the, what the solution is what do you think the solution is then yes because then that's a conversation because the thing with like diversity whether that is gender or otherwise I feel my opinion is which I'll just say is that there's always going to be other sides to getting more women in the workplace, getting more people of colour on TV, all of that. There's always going to be another side, which is that point, a bit Mm -hmm. being like, well, hang on, so now it's not a meritocracy. It's been such not a meritocracy for so long, Yes, weighted the other way, that I don't think that's the point we should be focusing on. Yes, It's it's almost like, not for now. Hold that thought for for another decade. Yeah, And if we're still doing that, then we need to re-look at what... I think the meritocracy thing is exactly it. It, it, When you say, like, well, if those women are here to make up the numbers rather than for merit, Mm. then they're inherently less good than the men who are already here, implies that those men are definitely here because they're the best, rather than these are men who... Went to school with the the right people, right people, yeah. or uh, who inherently, especially in like white straight men, you, you've implied that every man in every single position deserves to be there. It deserves to be there, yeah. Um, and I think that's the inherent like straw that's man the in the in the yeah. argument. Yeah, Do you absolutely. Have, see how I use the word straw man. I, I I noticed it, but I didn't want to stop. <laughs> I didn't want I to like, engage. I didn't want to draw attention to it because I just wanted it to look like that's just like a thing you just say. Absolutely, thank you. you. Know? I learned it in critical <laughs> thinking GCSE. Excellent. <laughs> that's great. Um. Yes, I agree. And when someone says that, I think, I think the like this isn't the time now to be worried about <clears throat> that. We need to get to the tipping point where yes. people are more used to having women in the boardroom. People are more used to having female voices. And in a way, really, 
who cares? If that's the problem that you have, yeah. you found this problem, surely the bigger picture mm. is that there aren't any in there. Yes. So get them in yeah. and then, then we'll, everything will balance itself out. And, and then, then the women we'll who, aren't, who aren't good, once we've got like a situation where there are just as many female CEOs as male CEOs, there is just as many, it's more of a mix, then it becomes a meritocracy because then the problem of like gender almost like slowly fades yeah. because people are just used to it. Whereas yeah. at the moment, the problem is they're, they're not in there. Yes. So it's the thing, it's like, well, if that's what you're, that's the argument that you're choosing to have, you're, 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 you're just choosing an argument that is almost moot and irrelevant. What's the alternative? To keep it as, as it, it is. is, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> like this is what we've, come, and I think that's so important. Like when they, the BBC introduced that rule that was like it's compulsory to have one woman on every panel show, and everyone's yeah, like, like well, then you're just in. what? Then she's only there because she's making up the woman's place. Like, yeah, however she got there, like let's just fine and we'll, yes. we'll we'll reassess this one in a year like just put her on it just put her on it just have it so that when you look, watch the television you're not watching eight white men having yeah. a conversation however funny and you I know that you're of ours, seeing yourself represented yeah you're seeing yourself yeah that is just it's such a huge that is such a huge thing and that is such a it's not just on TV. And again, that seeing yourself represented, the majority of those women that have made it there are going to be white, educated, yes. you know, and so that, you know, the we need to push that seeing yourself everywhere thing so that everybody does see themselves. Yeah, so then you can start having dreams and having, like, because you've seen... I, I, I'm so... I really... When I first, like, heard or really thought about that whole, like, you can't dream what you haven't seen yeah. sort of thing. If you can see it, you can if do it. If you can see it, you can do it. You know, I didn't. I was like, okay, fine. And then when I really thought about yeah. it, it was like, that's so, had that's had such a massive impact on my life. When I was younger, we were at uni. We were in a university sketch group, uh, the Durham Review. Check them out. They still go to Edinburgh every year, and they're excellent. And now it's changed. But at the time, there was like eight of us, and me and um, my friend Liz. I had a, lo- a lovely time in it, but I never once considered comedy as a thing that I would be able to do. Yeah. Because when I looked up. It was all men. Yeah. And I, I, it was such a subconscious thing. And then the moment I saw three girls doing a sketch show in Edinburgh, I was like, oh my God, why haven't I thought to do this? And then I, and then me and Tessa and our friend Liz went for a drink and then we started writing together. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't have seen these three girls already doing it. I'm using the comedy industry, but you can, you can say that about anything. For years, a banker was a white man in a suit with a briefcase like you're looking at people who are around you and what they're doing in all the tv shows they're always depicted as like straight white rich men and so like how would you ever go like yeah i guess i'll get it on that like you just wouldn't because it's like that's not for me do you want to know something heartwarming oh my god yes please um i only auditioned for the durham review because i saw you and liz do it really yeah tessa was in the sketch group the year after i didn't know that that's yeah, really I, cool. if they'd been just boys there's no way i would have ever yeah. crossed my mind Intimidating is the wrong word. Just a subconscious. Yeah, you yeah, are like this the isn't, other. yeah, yeah, yeah. You have so much more to prove now. Walking into the room. Yes, but. and that's that is across the board, including just every uh, profession, even in like the women's magazine industry. Obviously, predominantly women, but all of the media houses are owned by men. All of the real decisions come from men. Yeah, it's it's me. such a thing of of privilege that you. It's exactly the same thing as like walking down the street. Like if you've never felt that fear or if you have only ever seen yourself represented then yeah. it's never occurred to you what anybody else has of course thought not. so like for example when we look at things when we look at a thing of all the um world leaders at the un and mm. there are in a room of 70 people three women mm. 
that's very clear to us. But if you then ask me, like, how many black people were in the room, I would have to be like, oh, I don't know. I didn't, I, I, didn't I, I don't know. I didn't notice. Yes. Or, or Because you're many, bringing your own... But you're only ever seeing from your own frame of reference. And I think we're really waking up to the idea of, like, underseeing it from everybody else's perspective. Like, yeah. There are so many videos at the moment of, like, people talking about Black Panther, the, the, the amazing superhero movie, and how all these sort of black adults are talking about, like, how they've never... What it's like to be able to... It's, see it yourself yeah it's reading there was this like picture of this little black girl but dressed as one of the characters mm-hmm. at the premiere or a screening it was like when ghostbusters came out i actually didn't like the ghostbusters all female <laughs> reboot didn't didn't think it was necessary but there was a lovely photo of a little girl dressed up as a ghostbuster yeah. and you're like there's something like that gives me like real yeah. chills not all that. not all the films have to be amazing they don't all have to be incredible no, they just like, have to be you there. can have your own opinions about the ghostbusters female uh, movie but yeah. if it affects a little girl and she thinks now she then can go on and thing. do things then it's a good thing it's always a good thing it's not occurred to me how white the superheroes are yeah because I'm not bringing it only, that. It's only occurred person. to you how male the superheroes how are. How male they are, because that's, that annoys me. There are so many kind of battles to that we need to f- keep fighting. And it's so nice to have it broadened out like this. And the whole concept of intersectional feminism, it sometimes can be frightening to talk about yeah. when you're not... Because it's not something that you have grown up feeling in your gut because I've just grown up in a very white area. I will bring things to the table that are problematic just because of my background and my upbringing. And I'm already hot talking about it. Can I discuss something there on your use of the phrase intersectional feminism? Yes. Uh, It's not a thing. That's not a phrase. And I was called up on this myself. Okay. I'm very sorry. No. Please. Oh God, have I just been awfully racist? It's been you've been horrifyingly racist. Okay. You need to leave. Um, it's not intersect. I thought it was intersectional feminism yeah. as a way of looking at it. It's it's not. It's um and in within feminism there is uh, almost sort of in, infinite uh, list of types of feminism like liberal feminism, radical feminism, yeah. um, etc. Uh, intersectionality within feminism is the right. expression, and so intersectionality is understanding that other things intersect your interpretation of feminism. Right, okay, so you can I know, be intersectional right? I thought, about anything. Yes, you can be intersectional about anything. Okay. You can bring intersectionality into anything. Great, you okay. need, And it's like, you need to bring it into feminism to understand that everyone is coming from a different place. Okay. So like a great example is about like... Um, uh, uh, women getting the vote that we recently celebrated the 100 years of yeah, and everyone's like, all the women. women. It's like, it wasn't all the women. It's not working class women. It's not women from this uneducated women. women. It's not black women. It's not this. It's like, in America, only white women were given the vote for years and years and years before black women were allowed <gasps> okay. to vote. Like, so it's understanding that all that uh, wealth, education, class, uh, sexuality, ableism, if you're able-bodied or not, all of those things intersect your own personal viewpoint. Yes, God, oh, I feel that's very interesting. But I 100% I'm, thought it was intersectional feminism. Me too. And question. Yes. Why do we still need feminism? Yeah. That's my. This is, did you hear my voice? Yeah. Did you like it? My, and, and my response is um, what's your relationship like with your mother? And do you want to discuss it? <laughs> but the, I think what you're saying before about like, I think it's a super combative to respond with like what an interesting question and absolutely yes. what, it, you're absolutely right it is a tricky and we all are finding and our feet in that's this one of my points that I wanted to say about talking about feminism like, Fuck is to consistently try all the time and I know it's hard and I know like as well there's this argument for emotional labour and why should we have to keep educating these these people why is it down to us I personally believe it's so important to, to ask questions and not be afraid of yes. being shouted at and being like, well, I don't, why do I have to educate yeah, you? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I know it, it must be very tiring and I'm one of the more privileged 
women on this planet. So if I was one of the less privileged, I'm consistently having to, to do, deal yes. with it all the time. I imagine it'd be exhausting. Yes. So I wanted to make that point that I'm not saying emotional labor is like a bad argument. I'm just saying like it's something that is directly related to your privilege almost. Like the more privileged you are, the less you really have to educate people. So the less annoying emotional labor is. Yes. But I do think when someone asks you a question, you have to try immediately to not be defensive. That was my original point. Yes. Because I'm so defensive. There's this defensiveness that we have because we it's emotional for us and it's not, like you said before, if you haven't experienced it, you can't really be fully emotional about it. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah, that question, why do we still time. need feminism? You want to just punch someone yes. because it's like, just list facts, but you need to stay, like you just did a great impression of being like, that's an interesting question. Okay, and, like, and okay. so I might be like, okay, I can understand how maybe in your sphere you are only surrounded by powerful, strong women that you they're like all the people women I know are really powerful and getting on with their day absolutely and that's wonderful well done them well my response to them would be just like some facts and even if you in your own personal sphere are not experiencing it it is undeniable that it's happening around the world and crucially not just with this question with any question to do with feminism when you're talking to somebody about it I think it's very important to use facts yeah. because then you are, you are never accused of just being emotional yeah. about so it, which is, will make you then any explode. So yeah, go for any area or topic uh, that really that you feel passionate about and go and research it and know what you're talking about. Um, because the thing that you generally think is correct, but it's so much more powerful if you can back it up with some statistics. Um, so currently, this is, uh, in, this is from the UN, women with full-time jobs still only earn 77% of their men male counterparts' earnings. Uh, African-American women earn 64 cents and Latina women earn 56 cents for every dollar earned by a Caucasian man in America. Mm. 62 million girls are denied an education all over the world. Uh, Every year, an estimated 15 million girls under 18 are married. Four out of five victims of human trafficking are girls. Like, go and find whatever one it is that, like, appeals to you <laughs> yeah, or doesn't and just be like, here, here's a fact. Here you go. Yes. And it, it, even if it's just this one fact, that feels enough reason. Um, I can't do this for all of those facts, but with the gender pay gap thing, a very common response to that is, well, well, you know, it's men just have the higher paid jobs in those companies. They are higher up. And a lot of these companies who have had to declare their pay, mm-hmm. um, that's their defence. Yeah. And that defence similarly to, well, Mark Wahlberg is a bigger star. Well, with The Crown and Claire Foy and Matt Smith, Matt Smith had done Doctor Who, uh, Claire Foy had done Wolf Hall, which wasn't as big. Um, it all goes back to, well, yes, because historically the system is sexist. The reason that the men have all of the high, the high paid jobs in those companies is because for years those roles have only been given to men and that is a problem. It's not a meritocracy and it, and it never was. I was doing this thing about um, the history of what we call our vaginas and very quickly realised it wasn't what we call our vaginas, it's what men called our vaginas because, of course, all of the recorded nicknames are in literature, culture, theatre, plays, whatever, all written by men. And when I was talking to an academic about it, he said, said, yes, but in the 18th century, there were lots of books with female characters. And I was like, yes, and they were written by men. And and he's like, yeah, but they're still still written for women. And you're like, they're written by men, mate. Like, it's... I'm not saying that men can't write women. Like, doesn't matter. It's still from the prism of a man. And language is, you know, kind of often been like, 
tossed aside as like, well, that doesn't, that's not the real problem. And you're like, actually, it kind of is. It's, it's just, it's symptomatic of how much power and control men have had for so long. And that, that just that little thing feeds into everything. It does feed into jobs. It feeds into the CEO who's a man is more likely to hire someone like him um, rather than diversify. So then it just keeps happening. So if someone comes back to you about those gender pay gaps, it starts, starts with some sort of bullshit you know, like, well, it's not actually the full story. It's like, well, what you're still saying. So you say, yes, absolutely, not the full story, but mm. let's look at that whole story because the whole story looks pretty corrupt. Yeah, the whole like, story is sexist. Let's yeah. look at the whole thing. I think what saying about vagina language is mm. just so important and good. All of the, oh, thank you. So All welcome. of the penis words are things like um, named after like swords and yeah. guns and like really just like bigging it up. Yeah. And all of the vagina ones are either horrifying <laughs> to show a kind of fear from men of the vagina or always in relation to the man's experience with the vagina. And also we don't discover the egg until really recently Mm. um, in history. And so therefore, up until that point, it's completely understandably, it it just feels like an an oven, like a one-party oven that you put in some sperm and an egg a baby comes out of what you've made. So, this, so they thought into, their dick was making the yeah, baby. You're literally a magic, it's a literally a magic baby-making wand as opposed yeah. to being two parties Yeah, like it, do, doing a thing. And equally about like women, there the not being any women writers writing about anything, that um, you know when you first discover about periods and you sort of discover like, what did they do in the past? Yeah. And it's like such a confusing area and like no one really has any solid information no one one wrote it down because nobody wrote it down and they did this huge study into all the letters that they could find that had been sent for people doing the crossing into america like when people were going in the stage wagons you know looking for gold and stuff (laughs) and like finding a new land so like people were writing to each other constantly to be like bring more socks or like it's we've got the plague don't come or whatever (laughs) and constantly saying like what we needed or what to bring and like women were writing these like extensive lists and they cannot find a single reference to periods anywhere. That's they can't. Just so sad. It, yeah, it's just like the women just like didn't. It was not something that spoke about, and so they have literally no idea what women were doing because they've got no written record of it. I mean, that as an anecdote, I think is a great riposte to pretty much anyone questioning whether you need feminism. Like, you know, it's like, well, oh, well and then you say like, well, excuse me, but we're not crossing the, the great American outback anymore. And you go, like, yes, and we're still taxed on it. We're still reaping the repercussions of that time. Of course we are. Everyone's Just, like, we've moved on enough. It's like, we've moved on loads. No one's doubting that, but we are. Yeah. Also, and, and like another, uh, very similar to that, good thing to, to point out if people don't believe in feminism is... Um, that is kind of irrefutable is things like the pill and things like how we uh, how we deal with PMS how the, the menopause not, the menopause uh, HRT absolutely HRT all all these things um, have for years uh, cystitis have for years gone completely essentially if these were all male things we would have so much more sophisticated medicine so much more research will have gone into it because while all of that research is happening now and that's great for decades for hundreds of years. Only men have been scientists. Only men have been looking into this. So, of course, we've got very, very sophisticated Viagra. We don't have the internet in our cave, but please go and look up the money that has been spent researching and developing Viagra in comparison to what has been researched and spent onto uh, a menopausal uh, HRT. Yeah, Um, it's astonishing. And it's that, again, is another irrefutable piece of evidence to use in a discussion about feminism because all of these things... One of my favourite phrases as well, when... Because uh, I'm, I'm trying to have points that could be used for any question. And one of the things that I find myself saying is, these things don't exist in a vacuum. So, like, yes, we're talking about 
the gender pay gap and why there are no women in, in the boardroom. That is not a singular thing that is not affected by everything else around it. Bringing in lots of different facts about different elements of why we need feminism is a perfectly logical argument. And people will often say, well, that's not what we were talking about. We were actually talking about women in, in the boardroom. Why are you now bringing all this stuff about period? Like, because Why are you bringing things about periods in the 18th century? Yeah. It's not relevant, Sheila. Like, <laughs> it is actually relevant. All of this is relevant because all of this is showing a large problem. If there was no problem with women in the workplace, it wouldn't make sense that we weren't uh, researching the pill. Like those two things would not exist without each other. It's all one massive big mess. Mm. I'm obsessed with this idea called uh, Children of the Nevada Desert. It's a thing I've made up. Right. It's uh, if anything you can imagine in the world being experimented on is happening somewhere in the Nevada Desert. You have told me this. Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So I think there is research facilities with children who have never known who, who they live very contented, happy lives. Like they're well looked after. I just want to pop in and say, the last time you told me is I thought you were describing um, a TV show. Yes, that's how I like to say it to people so they don't um, think, think I've mad. gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> so I pretend it's a show. What yeah. a fun idea. Um, but they are the children are well looked after and having a nice time, but they there are various different ones in which like they have no history they have no understanding they don't have stories they don't mm. they haven't read fairy tales about princes and princesses they don't they don't they live in a full vacuum they literally live in an actual vacuum and see like how does a human exist yes. genuinely in a vacuum yeah. and that is what you have to do experiment on the children in the Nevada desert if anyone wants to get involved with in my kickstarter i don't think you should do that but also i think that is interesting and i think because that is the only that is a vacuum like that's, that's the only way you you can not be affected by all of these problems like how are we still in this state where it's like PMS is still such a thing the menopause is just like reading things about this where you're like Jesus those facts you told me before are just horrible you can have a day of it and then you go outside and then someone cat calls you and you're like oh my god and then they're like well yeah. alright stop overreacting you're like I'm not reacting to this in a vacuum I'm yeah, reacting yeah. to like everything and, also and you're often so unaware of the straws on your camel's back oh you know? yeah you are the camel like, thinks it's nude but it's actually wearing a straw jumper thank you Stevie <laughs> thank, thank god someone's saying it <laughs> it's it's so and you aren't you aren't really going around me like adding them up it's, no. it's a total surprise to you when your camel breaks yeah yes and, and then you're just a woman with a broken camel and you're crying about feminism and or because they wouldn't let you into circus school yeah but are the two connected I think they are nothing exists in a vacuum um, what, final question to take us home oh yeah um, um, what, what, if you call yourself a feminist? I mean, so exclusive. Why would you call you, why don't you call yourself a humanist or, or an equalist? That's what I'm for, all equal rights. If you were about equality, you would use the word equality <laughs> and not use the word feminism that is, is so aggressive. Oh God, I hate this, it's got a little floppy. I don't know what my response to that would be. Uh, we begin when we begin with being like, you're so right, that's you're a so really interesting... Face. I've gone floppy, I I've wonder if you'd floppy. mind leaving, please. Yeah. Um, you're so right, that's such an interesting uh, question mm. and such an important way of looking at things. And then I point to something and you leave the room. You just point anything else and leave the room, yeah. that's exactly correct. So this, I think, does come up all the time and people who like mm. want to shy away from being feminist are like, well, I, I believe in equality, but I wouldn't call myself a feminist. Totally, I understand all your concerns. Yes. Um, but I think... I have good friends who say that and when I say that... My heart breaks. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and try and convince somebody who fully believes in equal pay, loves women, supports women, and then says, yeah, but I just don't want to call myself a feminist. It's just like, 
why? Sorry, I interrupted it is, you. And it's like, so first, it's like, firstly, it's like, number one, why does the name upset you so much? Like, what's your issue with language? Like, yeah. why are you so, says us, who are all like, um, call the vagina something better. <laughs> why Why have we got such a horrible name? Like, like Willy Pocket. We don't want to call it that. <laughs> I don't want to call it a Willy Pocket And then we're like, anymore. shut up. Call feminism what you like. Who cares about words? Words so, are important. So, and then, and then shoot me down for making such a hypocritical. <laughs> Hippocropical point. Hippocropical I understand that the name does have stigma. Yes, but it's also it's a ne- it's 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 what we call it, and that's what it's called. Uh, when Angelina Jolie and I want to say John Major <laughs> two had best their friends famous are, affair. No, but I do think it is. No, it's John mm. Haig. No, is it, what is it? William Haig? It's William Haig. William Haig did not have an affair with Angelina Jolie. No, but they are together uh, doing a thing with the U- both UN ambassadors um, making right. uh, petitioning for rape to be uh, officially classified as a weapon of war. Right. I mean, that is so much different to when Angelina, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, John Angelina Jolie and John Major had an affair. <laughs> so those two are <laughs> arguing that rape should be classified as a weapon of war and as such, everyone should be tried for it. And it is used like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so a lot of people argued about that, be like, well, war is a weapon of war. Like, but why aren't you upset? about that and you're like absolutely yes, we are upset about yes that. it is but I think if somebody is fighting a small piece of the jigsaw yeah don't push the piece of the puzzle out of their hand because there's a bigger jigsaw they understand the jigsaw is bigger than this piece people we expect everyone to take on the entire jigsaw puzzle and, yeah. and then we are we are aggressive when people take on a- my sister's doing um this upskirting campaign because she yeah. got upskirted and the amount of people who say like upskirting's nothing like why aren't you dealing with rape unless when you say those things unless you are personally a rape ambassador unless you are personally working with uh, working tirelessly every day on another piece of the jigsaw puzzle yeah. you don't get to say anything yes if that's such a great way of putting it you don't get to say anything you're not allowed if somebody to somebody's doing a unquestionably good thing yes and you yourself might not agree with it but you're not doing anything you don't your words are useless be quiet because I don't think anyone who's doing a little piece of the jigsaw has ever said that to someone else doing a little piece of the jigsaw exactly right that's when I was like so maybe you're doing a piece and you think the other person's piece is rubbish. I'm like, I can't fathom anyone who truly thinks that. Yeah, and if you do, Everyone's then you're like, an idiot. Cool piece, you're that. doing a piece, I'm doing a piece. We're making this jigsaw together. Yeah, and maybe I'm a caring like, person. hey, I think you're going about it a weird way and I question it, but like, uh, cool. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Emma Watson got called out hugely by various people who are all academics and, you know, working in feminism and more involved on the ground in a way that she isn't just as an ambassador for the UN and about her use of language and lots of different things. And to which she, like, really, like, learnt and was like, okay, thank you for calling me out. Absolutely, yes. Those people who had called her out were like, hey, way to go, Emma Watson. Somebody wrote this fantastic piece as a response to Emma's, who who herself criticised Emma, and now was like, hey, she's learned and she's doing her best. And then spoke to the other criticizers and was like, call her out, but walk beside her when you do it. That's such a Which I thought was such saying, a great expression yeah. of like, absolutely do what you have to do, but make sure you're up here walking along as well. Yes. Make sure you're up here doing something else. And recognize when someone has made a mistake and learns. Always recognize when someone is learning from something. Uh, always, and say like, hey, well done for learning and we're all trying our best here. Yeah. Um, can you uh, please say really aggressively that it shouldn't be called feminism, it should be called humanism because it's about all people. It should be called fem... I got it wrong immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be called feminism. It should be called humanism because it's about all people. Wow. Okay, that's a really, really interesting point, and you make a really good idea there. Oh. Um, but okay. actually, um, if I may, just humanism is not a word for social change or political movement, as feminism is. Um, rather, humanism refers to several branches of philosophical and secular thinking that have origins in 13th century Renaissance thought. Okay. Okay. Cool. Do you want to get a drink? Yeah, I think I'd like to chat to you more. Okay. Great. <laughs> 
So if everyone could just memorize that and uh, bring it up. That's great. Because if we're all bickering about language and how we use it, like don't be like, I'm a humanist. You're like, no, you're not. That's not what that word means. Oh, great. That's really nice. Yeah. And I absolutely understand. I understand it so hard because it's such a human instinct when somebody else is like, well, I'm doing this. And my mom's like, well, no, I want to be... I, like, I don't know if that was clear, <laughs> what I was expressing there. No, but I was really like, I was quite taken with it. It's a real like sandpit mentality of you being like, A, you don't want to be told that anything is wrong. You don't want to be, you don't want to be part of the status quo. You don't have to want to have to change anything. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to have to... There's this experiment with... Um, kids all being given a, you know, roll up a piece of paper and throw it into something at the front of the classroom. And the kids at the, you only could, you only got a prize if you could throw it in the baskets. All the kids at the front were just like, yeah, (laughs) duh. And then all the kids at the back were like, what's, what? But of course, no kid at the front is going to turn around and be like, what about those kids at the back? Like, they got their prize. Like, it's a really human instinct to be like, why would I fight for everybody else? You're only passionate. about about the kids because that's also such, yeah, that's such a, like, people start at the back. Yeah, and so if you start at the back and you've lived there where you are entirely by chance, like, that's a huge part of it. No kid at the front wants to trade, obviously, and and every kid at the back is like, uh, hello, and everyone's like, shush, 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 we're we're getting things done, like, shush back there. You're like, what? Yeah, the idea that, yeah, some kids at the back have got excellent aim will yeah. be able to get it in the basket but yeah. they're the exceptions exactly the and then everyone's like see see look you jo- can Jonathan did it Jonathan did it and it's like no just Jonathan's, Jonathan's a genius Jonathan's on the javelin team so like, you have to the further back you are the more incredible your talent has to be yeah. in order to get to where people at the front are in just order to be on the same the, to be taken as yeah. seriously to and win then, the same prize and then, and then that point of being like see look he did it so it can be done it can be done and I think that's such a great metaphor for so many uh, of these things, so many like class problems, so many uh, racial things, everything where where you're like, you can't just hold up one example of one person who's doing it and go, well, they did it, so why can't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because it's that's really, really, that's, I find that very powerful. <laughs> I really right. do. I'm quite moved. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. I also saw one, um, uh, probably a poster that was sure. like, when you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Mm, you're used to privilege, <laughs> equality. Yes. So if you've always been used to being the only... Uh, then it feels like people are taking things away from you're you. You're the only one at the buffet, but yeah. now There's loads of people everyone's at the buffet. You're Hang like, on. whoa, 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 Wait. who's going to get the volavons? Excuse yeah. me. I used to be the only person here. Oh, they've all run out. They didn't before. Yeah. yeah. You're furious. Um, yeah, and I think there is something to be said for really keeping that in mind. Trying so hard to keep the other person's... To be compassionate about the other person, no matter what they're doing to you, and no matter what they're saying to you. Um, because... There's so many problems. This is so <laughs> philosophy. This is so like over the top. But I do believe it. So many issues in the world right now that have arisen from people just being like, no, this. And like not listening to any other side of the argument, getting defensive and shouting people down. And it's so binary at the moment. And so when you're talking about feminism, I think it's so important to remember not to be binary about it. And to remember that if you try and understand the other person's point of view, only good will come from that. Even if they don't respond well to that, you tried. And I think it's so important to not just write someone off because they asked a stupid question. Or like that classic thing of like a panel a feminist panel and there's a man in the room and then he asks a stupid question and everyone goes, oh. And that's happened in a lot of panels I've been to or been on. And um, and obviously there's some examples of men, literally, there was, a, there was one panel that was for a feminist book that had come out called Why I Call Myself a Feminist and you should get it, it's great. And the writers were doing a panel and literally the only man in the room 
put his hand up and said, do you think we still need feminism though? And it was like this moment of like, what is wrong with you? I take exception to that. But if someone is asking a question that is not like, why do we need feminism at a feminism panel? Because obviously that's a stupid Because obviously everybody in the room think yes thinks yes so, so even if you, if you disagree why yeah. are you there but th- when you ask that question in a room of 100 if you're in the room of those 99 women mm. you dismiss every one of them yeah immediately you, with you your also, question you dismiss the book you dismiss the need for the book you dismiss the fact that they've all traveled here today you, you dismiss every element of this evening and it's and then you don't understand why that's a problem but the thing i do not like is when people men will ask a question and I can't, I'm trying to think of an example of a question that makes me go, oh, don't say that. You know, do you not think men's issues are important? Like, are there not Something some, like that. you know... Yes. And it makes you go like, oh, shut the fuck up. But actually, you have to think about it and engage and see it from the angles that you've spoken about today, Tess, about like, it's hard to see your privilege when you're privileged. It's hard to see that. Yeah, and also I think, crucially, it comes back to this really important thing about International Men's Day that like... You only say, like, a men's issue is not an issue if you yourself don't feel like there is a group fighting your corner. Yeah. If you don't, you only shout, when's men's day? If you don't know when your men's day is. If you yes. don't, if it isn't celebrated and acknowledged and you go, only go to those panels and say, like, I've got problems as well. If yeah. there is not a panel group for you, yeah. if there is not big panels of men talking about feelings, yeah. emotion, about mental health, if you don't know where those panels are and they aren't like open spaces to go to then you go to other people's and, and shout things and get upset that they've and get got upset it and you because don't everyone's like yes 100% there are just like this is a place where most people when people do that like I, we've said before you just roll your eyes and you're like shut up the moment like with everything the moment you kind of delve a little bit deeper there's something operating there that isn't just pure I mean, there's trolls, of course. Trolls aside, there isn't just pure hatred and pure Oh pure my God, you must go on Twitter. This is my positive thing for the end. You must go on Twitter. Look up Sarah Silverman. She's an American comic. And somebody called her the C word, like just out, saw that. She posted like some, it's totally innocuous, like this mm. is a cool article or just, here's a funny video of a dog. Could have been mm. anything. He responded, um, you, you're the C word. And she replied to him and was like, hey, a lot of love coming to you. Um, I've been on your profile. It sucks when you have back problems. And she had, like, seen this guy who's, like, a picture probably of, an e- like, an egg mm. or, you know, like a not, not anonymous. anonymous person. Gone on his thing, seen, like, what his bio was about, seen a website that he was, like, articles that he was linking to, seen that he had, like, chronic back problems and was, like, out of work and, like, an ex. Uh, he was a veteran and, like, you know, read mm. about him. Said, like, hey, love coming to you. Sucks when you have back problems. And then he replied, yeah, thanks. It really sucks. Like, sorry I lashed out. I'm just having a lot of, I'm in a lot of I mean, pain at the moment. Oh, my God. She says, is... like, no worries. We all have bad days. It doesn't bother me. I'm really rich or something. Like, dismissive. Yeah, she was like, I couldn't give a shit, dude. She was just, like, really cool about it. And it wasn't even, like, she just was so genuine in it. And that then, in a microcosm is exactly how we need exactly to be. Exactly how we need to address things. She screenshotted it and then was like, anybody in San Francisco can help this guy out. Then some, like, medical guy was like, hey, I've got a back clinic if you want to come and see me. And then, I mean, like, it was just... <laughs> I might cry. It was like, oh my God. Like, everybody comes, everybody's pain, everybody, when everyone lashes out, everything comes from a place. 
it's a camel made of straw. Yeah, and his it's fear and it's, it's... Yeah, so go and look at what those straws are that made that person break. And yeah, and you might not be able to find those straws no. so readily as Sarah Silverman did in that yeah. example, but, but know that you, they're there. I bet if just you read just a few of the things that people are tweeting when they're just literally shouting into the ether, you're like, I can recognise... Yeah, and in a lot of these trolls don't have any followers and they're yeah. just shouting, they, they feel like they're unimportant yeah. and they feel like they're worthless. It's like that great Louis Theroux documentary about wild dogs and the dogs are actually just scared and frightened and never got any love so they bite because they are frightened they don't bite because they want to kill you they yeah. only really bite because they're frightened and I think that I always think about that because it's like yeah people, I do that when I'm frightened about something or I'm scared or I feel like I'm not getting anywhere I'll snap I really do do that and you you see that in other people and you just take it at face value of like you're snapping at me you're, you're horrible they're bringing so much more stuff to the table that you don't know about now, obviously it's horrible to be called a C word but to go that one step deeper is amazing like I would never think to do that I'd just be like yeah 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 100% yeah. you'd be like block gone block, oh gone. horrible man I hope that helps anyone listening just to refresh like just like ways in which you can tackle how to talk about it I think we're not saying like feminism is this or feminism is that we're just literally being like this is hopefully here are some tools that you can use to when you're having a conversation. It doesn't end with you literally on the ceiling spitting at people, yelling, <laughs> I hate men. Because that is, we've all been down there sometimes. Yeah. And I have to stop to myself. How to let the conversation end in a row. Like yeah. how to make sure it's compassionate and it tries and everybody tries to learn something from yeah. it. And then if you do all those things and it still ends in, in an argument, look, you've tried. You and gave just, it your best and shot and, and there's nothing you can do. It's an emotive topic. Yeah. And it's an emotive topic and it is going to cause arguments. And that's not anyone's fault. It's actually it, all arguments are better than not talking about this because we didn't talk about it for hundreds of years and no one argued about it, but it was bad. So it's great that we're all that we're all arguing and that we're all on 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 the ceiling spitting. Um, if you have any thoughts about it, if you, please do get in touch. Um, tweet me at Stevie M. The S is a five. At Tessa all letters, classic letters. Um, or drop us an email if you want, if you want to go into more depth. Um, we would love to get yes. into depth with you. <laughs> I just would love to get into the depth with you. If you don't agree. You. I, especially that, that's if you don't I mean. agree or, or if we've said anything, and we probably have because we're talking about a lot of things here, if we've done, said anything wrong or like, call us out on it. That's kind of what I mean. If you have any thoughts on it in terms of like, what you said there was problematic or what, I because we're learning and I consistently I'm hot and sweaty talking about it so um, but the only way we're ever going to progress is if people talk about it while they're hot and sweaty rather than being hot and sweaty and just staying in the bedroom and not talking about it because yeah. they're frightened Stevie's out here on the front line I'm on the front line sweat riddled with bacteria <laughs> <laughs> about intersectional intersectionality within, within feminism. feminism yes learning which is high five yes um, so uh, yes have a lovely week and may you never be mansplained to <laughs> bye bye